Yes, it's a big good morning to you, New Zealand. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SENZ Thursday, 16th of March, and it's just after 6 o'clock. I hope you're up and about and ready to rip into another big day. And we have a big day here on our show with Kempi, Louie, Joey, B, and Robbie in the back room. Big good morning to you, team. How you doing, Kempi? Yeah, good, good, Daggy. Dagger Bill, oh geez, we're going to have a good one today. I can, <laughs> I can just feel it. I can just feel it, mate. Um, yeah, late night last night. Obviously, the breakers playing and 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 not getting the. I guess the lollies at the end of it was um, a little bit deflating, but uh, a fantastic effort from those boys. Just want to say early on. A big shout out to the Breaker Boys and the, of course the organisation and Matt Walsh for what they've achieved coming home. They've been the benchmark for me on uh, on post COVID so far. So uh, although that we don't have the champions coming home, I guess today they'll be headed back. Um, at least we know that they put in their best foot forward and and uh, it's been fantastic watching actually. Um, but Daggy, I just want to I want to touch on something. Like we talk about it all the time, and. Yes. I started thinking about it last night. I, this, I started thinking about this last night. Kalen Ponga. Mm-hmm. So Kalen Ponga, again, has been knocked out, okay? And yep. we talk about concussion all the time. And I got thinking, if I had my time over again and I had someone step in and say, look, mate, you actually have to stand down. Now, yesterday the NRL came out and they've put together a stand-down period of 11 days. So protocol now, if you get knocked out, you got Basically a week off, um, automatic yep. stand down before you can play again at 11 days. Um, they should call it the Kalen Ponga rule because it's happened after Kalen Ponga has been knocked out once again against the West Tigers on the weekend. I got thinking, now if I was told that back in my day, what would you do? And I, I've got real concerns for Kalen Ponga. Like the way that he went down, with this, it was a face clash, if you'd say, of anything, a head-on-head clash. And, but the way he went down basically says that he's got serious head trauma. Now, what would you do? Now, I personally have come to the conclusion that it's actually a no-brainer because what would you rather have a stand-down period, let's even say if it's six months or a year, or a, a life of what we're seeing with you know players our, my age starting to develop dementia, um, and not enjoying the later parts of their life. And, and yeah. you know, we talk about head trauma on here all the time and, and, and here we have the NRL saying that they're coming up with 11-day protocol. The, the real question is, like, where does it stop? Where, does, where, do, where do we actually get the middle ground here? Because we had nothing, now we've got 11 days. New Zealand Rugby League, for instance, they have a 23-stand-down period. If you get knocked out and you're under 19, it's 23-day stand-down. If you're over 19, it's 21-day stand-down. So they've had that for since 2018. But for the NRL and the professional game, is, is 11 days enough? And if you were Kalen Ponga, what would you do? Look, if I knew what I knew now back when I started playing rugby in 2006 for the Hawks Bay Magpies, and I got knocked out five to six times throughout the season, and I was still at high school, but CTE and concussions... And the education around it was very minimal. I would have stood down for a couple of weeks, minimum, to be completely honest, uh, knowing the impact that it's having now. So for Caelan Ponga, this uh, this is 
an absolute no-brainer for him. And you can you cannot put a timeline on it. To be, if, if I'm going to be completely honest, it, it has to come down to to symptoms, and it has to come down to how you are feeling with your body and 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 your mind and, and where you are like functioning. Like you look at Ben Afiaki got knocked out a couple of years ago. He is still to this day getting headaches, dealing with his concussion. Like it, it, it just cannot be a protocol. There is a minimum you should probably have a stand down, like maybe two to three weeks, and then reassess and see where they're at. Um, but look, it's 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 an interesting situation we're at at the moment, and Kalen Ponga has had plenty, and we are already at a situation where uh, we're starting to question his future because r- rugby league aside, sport aside, like they they have a ten year window max probably to play this game, the great game, to set themselves up for the future, to, to enjoy and hopefully have a successful career. But then they've got about, hopefully, 50 to 60 years outside of the game where they've got to continue to live. And if your brain isn't functioning or you just, you've just you taken too many repeated head knocks, it is going to be a long 50, or that 50 will be cut short, be cut in half. So, mm. yep, I think they've got to... They've got to reassess the, the protocols, and, and, and it's individual-based symptoms, and I wish I knew what I knew now back when I first started playing. You know, it, it sort of brings into the, the equation, so I put my father's hat on, if that was my son, okay, and, and I was unfortunate. My dad passed away when I was basically just kicking off my first first grade career. You know, I was just turned 20, and my, my dad had passed away, and I really didn't have that advice but so so now I'm Caelan Ponga's dad like seriously if I'm if I'm ser- being brutally honest I've got real concerns that Caelan Ponga's career is nearly done mm. because if I put my father's hat on I'm telling my boy mate you're having the year out like yeah. let's reassess this next year but I cannot afford you to go out there as my son and get no matter what you're on a million dollars a million dollars doesn't buy you health mm. you know the 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 morality around the whole situation from being a parent to being a player to being a CEO of a club is really what's in question here. And I've got a serious um, concern that Kanan Ponga's career could actually be on the verge of being over because of the amount of concussions he had. There's a stat co- that's come out. It's come out yesterday. Um, I'm just going to pull it up. Because here's what he's battling with personally. And it's funny because this is a rugby union stat. John Afar, on, on most mm. first-class games, so this is what you're battling against. John Afar has played 504 first-class games. You know, we talk about 300 at the club and NRL. Here's a guy that's nearly mm. doubled it. You know, been playing since 2002 and hasn't really, you don't know whether or not he's had to deal with us. Here's, here's a kid, we got Caelan Ponga four years into an NRL contract and possibly could be calling it. And if I was his dad, there'd have to be a process going here because I would not be happy currently with what's happened in last year and in the first two weeks of this competition that my son's going to show up in 11 days' time and run back out on the football field in that t- in that collision. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a really grey area at the moment, and I f- really feel for Caelan Ponga. Um, oh. But yeah, to start, you know, my point is like, yeah, we got to start. Where does it stop? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it comes down to 
to the individual two kepi and, and there's going to be pressures from from the franchises and, and and the teams externally but end of the day they've got to live life and i've seen it too much with head knocks you know you've got currently will jordan who's dealing with a bit of vertigo where's he at at the moment you know he's been out of the game for a very very long time and people are starting to wonder where he is well he's he's at a place because he's not feeling right and if you're not feeling right you've just got to be the bigger person and you've got to make those uh big decisions and hopefully Kalen's family and himself can can get to those decisions. Kempi, I love that conversation, talking concussion. Kempi alluding to that maybe Kalen Ponga's career might be coming to a to a halt. We hope not, because we love seeing him play. But if your brain and your body's not quite right, we can understand if that decision is made. We have another pair of the all new ZG23 range of golf shoes from Adidas. Get in touch with us on double eight double three. Text your name, your region. And the code word, Tiger, to go on the draw for today's shoes. I think we're out of size 12, aren't we? I think there's no more size 12s. <laughs> uh, sorry, Mark. So uh, get in touch. The ZG23 golf shoes from NS Lightweight and Zero Compromise. Only joking, Mark. You send, us a, you send the message through, mate, and you'll go a long, long way. And we also, Louis, get this, eh? Have a double pass. For Saturday Sale GP to give away, these tickets are hard to get and worth more than 100 big ones. If you're in Christchurch region, listening on 1260am, or can get there for Saturday, text us now on double eight double three with your name and who you would love to take to the Formula One on water, which is Sale GP, a big weekend of sailing. Mm. Louis Herman, what morning to you. You've been amongst the action. What can our... Pundits expect at Littleton. Well, I've just been doing um, crunching the numbers on the the weather, boys, because I was a little bit worried. Kimpy, you're down here mm. later tonight, I, I assume, am. later this Arvo. Yep, I'll be down there early, Arvo. Looking forward Life to it. lovely. Um, it's a little bit. It's almost. It's almost muggy down here. Weirdly, it's a it's, and it's a bit of rain coming. So Saturday it looks a little bit wet, but the sailing will obviously that doesn't bother the sailors. They just need wind. <laughs> and the the, the good mm. thing about Littleton is that it's always windy there. They've got that good breeze that comes through the harbour. So yeah, these tickets. I've seen the grandstand set up where you will be sitting. Oh, you're like a stone's throw away. Like Kempe could throw a tennis ball with his left ha- left arm. And hit Pete Burling. That's how close you're going to be. So oh, good. Um, make sure you get involved. Yeah, we want to get some people there. I was there. thinking that. So where's the where's the course? Is it on the far side, Diamond Harbour? Is it on the closest side to the port? Or is it down by Governor's Bay? Like, where is it? Yeah, so if you go into Littleton, if you try and put yourself, if you've been yep. to Littleton, you come through, through the, the tunnel, tunnel and you go right and you go down to the Naval yep. Point Yacht Club. It's literally yep. just past the port there, past all that kind of, and into the yacht club, and it's right there along that stretch of long water, um, bang nice. right in the middle of Littleton Harbour. Like it's the reason they can do it there is because the deep, the deep water is right off the, um, right off the coast, and they've got this long stretch of marquees set up for their corporates. They've got this big lounge for all their kind of big corporates. And then they've got these grandstands which sit right up. And as Carl Budge said to me, once you get onto the, the third third row of seating, it looks like you're sitting on the water because they're so high. It's really, really cool. It's really cool. Oh, how good's that? You fellas are going to have a 
Have a great time. I'm going to go to Gizzy. I'm heading off to a wedding. So gutted. Absolutely gutted because it would have been a, an event to boot. So uh, good luck. All you're going to do is uh, who would you love to take? Name who would you love to take to the Formula One on the water, which is Sail GP. A couple of messages coming through. Is um is Caelan Pong his dad, his manager, Kempi? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Mm. Um, well, he was on the, on the last deal, as, as we all know, the Dolphins saga where they thought that they had Caelan Ponga signed and he'd signed for uh, Newcastle, re-signed back with Newcastle and it got a little bit messy in the middle there between the, the Caelan Ponga, Wayne Bennett type thing. But, but I think, you know, and it's a real, I've seen this in sport and especially when the fathers are involved and, you know, you tend to live a, live a life that you wanted yourself through your son and I actually think, like, you've got to put football aside in this instance and think about your son's health. Now, mm. I know that's a real tough thing to say, um, but, mate, I, like, knowing my boy, no way in the world, I would actually, I would be dead against it, and he would know that, and I would put put a line in the sand um, and just say... Well, that's the hard thing, yeah. NPA. Because like, he's his manager. He'll be seeing every single dollar that he's been offered. So he'll be seeing the dollars, he'll be seeing his son, and now he's going to make that decision to be the father or the manager. You know, that's a lot of money. Like, Caelan Ponga has bought his mum and dad houses. He's looked after them their entire, his entire career. So they've got that on that side. But then they've got to think of their, their son's health. It's a difficult situation when you have family members become managers, I feel. I don't like it, to be completely honest, Kempi. You well, want to separate it. Yeah, well, you, first and foremost, you're a parent. You know, before mm. before a sport sporting manager, and and you've nailed it. Ten years, a ten year window. Like very rarely, you have a Sonny Bill Williams come along who's got a career in sport. A Matty Johns, you know, for mm. forever. Um, generally, you're in for 10, 10 years, and you're out looking for something else to do for the next forty. Um, that in itself, the next forty for me is more important for Caelan Ponga. No mm. money in the world is going to buy you back a a new brain. No. Nah. Well, I, I don't know when that will ever happen or if it will, but I can't see anyone getting a new brain in the next 40 years. So it is such an important decision to make. I just think it's throwing up a morality issue. Like, what? Do you, what where do your morals lie? Do they lie mm. with the dollar or do they lie with your family? Wow. Yeah, like, I think they've, they've confused it when you have family members running the, the contracts and the salaries, so... Oh, I hope it doesn't, and I hope he makes the right decision. But And I hope we don't lose Callum Ponga because he's a superstar of the game, and that's why we watch the game. Just quickly, Kempi, who have we got coming on the show today? Yep, we're straight out of seven. we got more than an athlete. Just uh, make a great one. Baz McCullum, how good. And get his insights <laughs> into everything that's happening on the cricket pitch. But also, we're going to have a chat to him about two horses, not just Pungle, but the defibrillator getting chopped up last week. I want to see what he's thinking about that because I thought it was in with a chance. <laughs> 7.45, we go around the grounds because there's so much on again this weekend. And out of eight, we'll talk breakers and an agonising close final game loss with Alex Pledger. We'll see, he'll give us all his insights. And then 8.45, we'll talk equestrian with Mackenzie Causa um, to, to round out the show. All of our usual catch-ups with... The TAB and uh, the Doyen and, and, of course, Louis with some tips he'll give out. We've got a big weekend of racing. I'm just putting my multi together. The slipper, five million. How good uh, for the winner of that. Gay Waterhouse, the same in Sydney, has got that locked up. 
with your best horse, Izzy, Alligator Blood. But uh, mm. I think that there might be another couple of chances in that race. But who knows? Let's hear what Louis got to say around that. But no, another big morning coming up, brother. Beautiful. Every time I don't back Alligator Blood, it wins. Well, Louis was right next to me when it won, and I was absolutely spewing. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> but anyway, it's all good. There's a couple of messages there on the tip of bedpost text machine, but I cannot believe I've done this. But I'll give Kempe, I've given Kempe an opportunity. It's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. Oh, I woke up this morning and I came in and I had a quick chat to Izzy and I said, I've got a little bit of a dilemma here. We have to find you a new name because my daughter is called Izzy. <laughs> and while I'm watching the race last night, I'm talking to the race. I'm going, come on, Izzy, get out of the gates. And she's going, what? <laughs> and I'm going, no, 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 I'm not talking to you. And I'm going, great, yep, you're out. Good work. Get up, Izzy. Get up, get up, get up, get up. And she's going, what are you talking about? She keeps running out of the kitchen because she's you know, cooking tea. I'm saying, I'm not talking to you. And then I'm going, yep, in a great spot, is, is you're in a great spot. Here you go, let down, let down. Anyway, and oh. we all know what happened. Pongo held on for a third, and I'm just so I've gone, oh. And, the, and both Jay and Izzy go, what, what's going on there? And I said, oh, Izzy's horse was running. Izzy's, and they're going, oh, we thought you were talking to Izzy. And Izzy just comes straight out, and she goes, you have to get him a, a new name. You have to get him a new name. I went, excuse me, and she said, well, you can't say Izzy in the house because that's my name. All right, so you have to come up with a new name for Izzy. So the can't wait question of the day, we're going to throw that out to our, our temp, um, bedpost oh, text machine. Double eight, double here. three. What is Izzy's name that Kempe can call him from now on, especially in his household? And if it is that good, we possibly might even throw you those ZG23 golf shoes. <laughs> Kempe, you've set me up to fail. Now watch this. Bang! Right on the nostril. Concussion for Izzy Dag early on in this morning. There you go. Find another name. Your chance to rip me to shreds. How good. <sighs> coming up. Coming up. We're going to have uh, just some more conversations. It's a big day. There's plenty to get through. A couple of text messages and a big show. Can't wait to chat to my good friend, Baz McCullum. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Yes, welcome back. Coming up to 6.30 on a Thursday morning. I can't wait question of the day. Gimpy's daughter is called Izzy, so he got told off and got asked to find a new name for myself. He calls me Daggerbill. Just call me Israel, Kimpy. That'll be fine. Bully. Israel. <laughs> <laughs> Bully. There's a couple of good ones here. Is, this, is it your father that sent that one in? Morena boys, oh. Daggy is the obvious one, but what about Dizzy? No, nah, that's not Dad. That's not Dad. If Dad messages send my real nickname that my family used to call me, actually, they used to call me Bully and Bulldog. I don't know why. Probably because I had Afro. I don't actually know why, but I reckon was a nickname was, I reckon I know up. what it was. I went, to give you, well, I went to give you a bit of a wrestle the other morning when you came on Monday morning, mate. A bit of a bulldog. You go, it's hard to get my hands around you, yeah, and sort of you tensed up. I was like, ooh, man, still got a bit of shape about him, this fella. Oh, you like that, eh? Yeah, yeah, mate, yeah, no, yeah. No, I think, oh, yeah, would have been, would have been <laughs> hell for leather going head to head, me and you, for sure. <laughs> Disraeli. Disraeli. 
What about that? Bag Disraeli. <laughs> Kevin, you. Oh, you're funny. And Mark, you're not getting those shoes now. Knocking us. Come on, mate. Don't knock, be silly. Knock knees. <laughs> Keep those messages coming through. Hey, there's a couple of good ones regarding the concussion here. Lads, if you want to have a have a quick quick read of those, Kempe. There's one from Todd there. Yeah, there's one here from Todd. It's actually lit up the um, the text board, the concussion con- conversation. My son had to give up rugby at 16 because of three serious concussions in two seasons. He still gets headaches regularly. Also lost my father to motor neuron disease, which he only lasted six months with, possibly because of a lot of concussions in his rugby days. Concussion are a serious issue as a father, and I think I would stop my kids from playing contact sport now if protocols aren't improved. Todd, that's that question we were we were asking you know, as manager, as father, what's what's the mm. most important? Like I, like I don't. You know, you're a father. Louis yet to become a mm. father. I'm a father. My, for me, it's a no-brainer. I'm, I forget the pun. Sorry for saying that, but um, it, it's a. You know, I would just be saying to my boy, "Come on, you know, like we've got to take this really seriously because you've got a life to live." And we've seen, mm. we've seen, like we've, we've, well, we're currently living through in rugby league, Rob Burrow and what he's going through in England, and of course Van der Vesterhuis and the, the great South African halfback who's passed on Oof. is the same, mm. you know. Um, so we've got measures in and around this, and I think, I think the conversation around concussion it was a conversation. I think this week it became mm. seri- a serious conversation. Yeah, well, I was at school visit yesterday, Kempe, and uh, I was talking to a guy who works at a high school, and we are in a situation now where there's so much sports on offer for these kids that are actually parents and, and kids are turning away from playing the game of rugby because of this, the head knock, and, and seeing them, you know, what what's the impact on them in their future. Look, I'll be completely honest. If, if I see Arlo having head knocks, he's playing ripper rugby at the moment, but there's going to be situations where I'm a bit uneasy. I'll probably have to have that conversation with Daisy and and, and talk about it because, yeah, I had plenty, plenty growing up and um, I'm afraid. I'm actually genuinely scared about the future. Like, is it going to is it going to affect me? Is it going to to going to you know have long term effects when I'm older? It's, it's a bit of a fear. It's a bit of a fear at the moment, but anyway, we'll continue these conversations. There's plenty of messages there. We'll get to those shortly, but we've got Louis with some headlines coming up. But before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. It's now time for some headlines with Louis. Brought to you by Bunnings Power, your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Louis. Well, we're waking up this morning and we're not NBL champions, so that doesn't mean that we aren't extremely proud of our breakers that fought absolutely to the death against the Sydney Kings. Just ran out of petrol right at the end of the game. 77-69 was how it finished up. And Modi Moore, well, he's head coach of the breakers in his first year. What a player manager he is. And he spoke about the pain of the loss. The audio's frozen. So he explained how much... Oh, no, the audio is unfrozen. Obviously very disappointed. This hurts deeply. I really felt that this team could have gotten it across the line. We didn't play well enough in the last quarter in order to do that. I'm not going to run away from how much this hurts. Me individually and us as an organization. I'm going to use this as fuel to come back better next season. 
And they definitely will. If they can keep some of the same roster, uh, Jarrell Brantley and Barry Brown Jr., they will be in a red-hot chance. Hopefully we can catch up with Tom Abercrombie at some stage in the next week or so to find out what this season meant to him. Alex Pledger, the four-time champ, up after 8 o'clock. Champions League this morning, boys. Real Madrid, Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp says Liverpool have a 1% chance of coming back from 5-2 down on aggregate. Uh, Napoli also play Eintracht Frankfurt. Yesterday, it was... Man City putting seven on RB Leipzig and your man Haaland, Erling Haaland, he's the new freak of football. He scored five. That's what's going on in um, the world of sport. I've got a couple of nicknames, Kempi, for Izzy, if you'd like if you'd <laughs> I, like them. I do, I do. I've got I I like the couple that have come up so far and there's a few more, but give us give us what you got, Lou. Well, as we know, Kempi, he's the great stallion of his generation, really. He is <laughs> He's the great. He he's the, you the know we've often said this. We've, we've often said this. I mean, he's he's already sired two of the most beautiful children. Um, I'm sure <laughs> a lot of that's got to do with Daisy as well. But uh, no, he is the great me. stallion. Of, it's, <laughs> see, see, he's got that. He's got that confidence. That nice walk about him. Um, he really dominates the yard. And I was thinking, you know, we'd, we'd, we've jo- we've joked before about Dagger Beal and Savadag. Um, I was having a look through the stallion registry just to see if there's anything else that jumped off the page at me. And I, I thought, you know, he's he's been on fire lately in Australia, really, hasn't he? Um, Purr and Dago um, for Sammy Williams at Little Lavendale Lavendar stud there. Purr and Dago. Um, and then I was thinking, well, he was the champion sire up in um, Hong Kong, wasn't he? And he, he did a hell of a job for Hallmark stud. Um, super easy, super easy. Um Al Rock is a real up-and-comer, Al Dagger. And then there's the, the Japanese super sire. He's already sired the, the uh, Krakamillion two-year-old winner, Tokyo Tycoon, Satono Adagan. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, and then Mark Mark Chitty at Hanui Farm, he loves those European breeds. Ribchester is Chester, is just a, one that jumps off the page. Oh, um, I've only got halfway down the, uh, the page. Um, I could keep going. <laughs> Her and Dago, I like that. Super Izzy. Super Izzy. That one actually's got a roll off the tongue. S- I like that. Satono Adagan? Satono Adagan. I don't know if I'll get Satono Adagan out. It would be hard to get out at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. Um, is Chester. Is Chester. Yeah. Nice, Louie. Oh, you cracked me up, A couple Louis. of nice ones. Here's one from Mark. He's, yes, Mark, there are size, size 12 shoes here. He goes... He, he's he's apologising right at the start too. Is he? This is my second text. Nothing smart yet, but as for a nickname, how about four? <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon, Mark? Is he spraying it a bit? <laughs> Mark, you are 100% not getting shoes today. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> no, no, Mark. I appreciate all your messages. And you, Brett, Uncle. I was going to suggest we call him Hoha. But I've already got two of those in my fuddy. Can we call them Mangu? Because Pango is black and Mangu is... <laughs> it's the same. Same? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Brett, get out of here. Oh, Louis, thank you for that little... Uh, we've got a few coming in. We've got a few. We've, got over, we've over got over a dozen already, so I like it. Ah, oh, there you go. Stay at it, lads. We've got a quizzy dad coming up, boys. We're going to talk quiz, and we're going to give you a chance. Anyone, 
Ladies, gentlemen, give us a call. 0800 150 811 to take on me, the quiz master. And, well, get it done. You've got a $50 TAB bonus bet coming your way. Give us a call on the Kennard's High phone line right now. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, welcome back. Time for Quizzy Dag. 0800-150-811 to take on me, the quiz master, Daggy, Bully, Bulldog, whatever you want to call me, Dizzy, Mangu, come through, let me know. We're going to go to the Tauranga with Mark with the K. Morning, Marky. Morning, boys. How are you? <laughs> Morning, Mark. Thank you. 11 and a half, US, is it? I just wanted to come here and take tens. I'd squeeze my fat foot into it. Hey, Mark, can you pronounce that <laughs> word? Is it what's that word that you sent through for for Izzy's nickname? Dilatante <laughs> or something? Dilatante? Dilatante. What, what does that, that mean? What does that mean? It's the opposite of an oracle lad. So like someone that stops everything when they race. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you are special, Marky. I cannot wait to drink all your good red wine. Here we go. Good luck. <laughs> Question number one in Champions League action yesterday. Mad City put seven past RB Leipzig. And Erling Haaland scored five of them. Name either of the other two goal scorers. Sort of the news, and I've got no idea, so see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> see you tomorrow, Mark. Brett from Huntley. Morena to Mangu. Morena, my cousin. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, I'll keep the fire. Hey, yourself, are you all good? Nah, all good this morning. All good. I was a bit gutted when Pungle oh. rang ran yesterday, but that's okay. That what's, is racing. What's the report? What's the report, Adam? Ah, not too disappointed? Not too disappointed. Hopefully April 1st, maybe get another run. And yeah, he got him into good spots, but he just looked a little bit... He didn't relax into the race, I feel, and just... Uh, they had nothing in the home straight. I was quite surprised, really. But we'll see. We'll just keep uh, keep positive and see what happens in the future. Anyway, good luck here, Brett. Champions League action yesterday. Man City put seven past RB Leipzig. Erling Haaland scored five of them. Name either of the other two goal scorers. I think that's how you name that team. <laughs> uh, excuse my uh, trio Man City, but Gundogan and De Bruyne. Yes, Gundogan and Kevin De Bruyne. Name the only team in the NRL this season with points with a points difference of zero. Cool. Points difference of zero. Tour. And it'd be a mid-table mid win. Maybe the Cowboys. <laughs> Ooh, the Tour. Cowboys is incorrect. Sorry. Have okay. a good day. We're going to go to Simon from Auckland. Sorry, Brett. Have a good one. Morning, Simon. Good morning. How you going, boys? Good, thank you. Good luck. Question number two. Name the only team in the NRL this season with a points difference of zero. The One Warriors. That is the One Warriors. Congrats. Question number three. The New Zealand Oaks 
And Levin Classic are raced at Group 1 level this Saturday at Trentham. What age are those horses racing in those two features? Um, is it three-year-old for the Levin Classic? Three-year-olds is correct. Question number four. Name the two sub Super Rugby sides that have won all three of their matches this season. All three. Um, be the Chiefs and the... Two. Brumbies. Is correct. Well, he's going to go all the way, I feel. Question number five. It's a hard one. <laughs> Who is the driver of the New Zealand Sale GP's F50? Um, can I get a clue on that one? <laughs> no. Nah. Nah. <laughs> if you can't get this. Oh, no, three, two. New Zealand Sail GP one. F50. Done. Who drives the boat? Oh, Blair Chuke. <laughs> oh. Blair Chuke. No, it's not Blair Chuke. Sorry, Simon. Have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Mark at Christchurch. He's going to get something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you going to rig it? Are you, give it to Mark. Get Mark. Get Mark. Yeah, yeah. Get Mark. Mark. Mark, you there? Yeah. Well, I've got no idea. S- size 12, please. Size 12, please. If you if you get this right, I'll give you the shoes. Okay? Who is the driver of New Zealand Sail GP? I can't even Google. I've got no idea. Um, you should sailing. A name sailing. that comes to your mind. Team New Zealand. Scott Dixon. <laughs> 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 oh, my. I am done. I'm done with you, Mark. Get out of here, please. The quiz I is cancelled. The quiz is cancelled. <laughs> See Have a good day, Mark. They were handed to you on a plate. Oh, wow. That was Lemmy. Lemmy. Oh, no, thank you, Mr. Butler, because I've got no idea either. Um, Gollywog. Not him either. Lem, Lemmy. Um, yes. What? <sighs> yes, Can you put me out of my misery, please? No, I can't bother. <laughs> Do you not know who the cell GP? You don't know who the no, dra- driver of the cell GP? I saw it on TV last night, but I forgot his name. And I tried to oh. Google it, but it didn't happen. <laughs> Where you been? All right, get out of here. Oh, See you later, baby. <laughs> Brad from Dunedin. Oh, what is this? Where are we? What's going on it here? Is. I just we're in, a, Brad. we're in a time warp, mate. What's going on? Well, we're trying to figure out who the driver of New Zealand Sail GP is. Who is it? Is it Pete Burling? It is Pete Burling! The one and only Pete Burling! Wow. Uh, Do I get the shoe? Nah. (laughs) Get out of here. You get a $50 TAB bonus, Pete. Coming coming your way, Brady. (laughs) Keep sending the messages through and you might... Get, might be your lucky day. I just wanted to try and give them to Mark, but he said, Scott Dixon. Never seen an IndyCar driving water. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Anyway, That's love racing brilliant. with Louis Herman Watt.
coming up. Coming up to 7 o'clock. And after 7, we're going to chat to the one and only Bears, McCullum. Get an update to see where he's at. But I must have to, I must say, that was by far one of the funniest quizzes <laughs> I've, I've done this morning. Bloody hell, that was hilarious. Scott Dixon. Ha, ha, ha. Marky Mark from Crochet's. You're a champion, mate. And you are so close. So close. Like Jericho. So close to getting yourself a pair of Adidas golf shoes. Just keep at it, my friend. Honestly, keep at it. And we had a message coming through from yesterday's Adidas ZG23 golf winners. Morning, boys. How I got a text yesterday saying I won the Adidas golf shoes swapping out from Red Bands. Partia Golf Club. I ended up listening back on the podcast, lol. My name is Jericho. Sorry, I didn't message back. Kids had swimming sports. Really appreciate the shoes. Size 12s. It's like it's meant to be. Hopefully improves my game. Good luck for the rest of the year. Love the show and station. So there you go, Jericho. Well done. You are our winner for yesterday and today. We'll keep on uh, plugging it because there is a chance. All you have to do, if you want to give yourself a chance, I think we are out of size 12. You've got the last period, Jericho. So uh, all you've got to do is text the code word TIGER to go on to, uh, to double eight double three with your name, and your region, and you're going to uh, the draw for today's shoes, the Manadas Golf Juice G23. So there you go. Keep those messages coming through. You want to read Brenton's one there at the bottom there, Kempe? Brenton's uh, sent in a, a nice little text there. Kempe, just call him Goosey Dag. Goosey Dag. It rolls right off the tongue. Or you just want to be a pro and call him Dag. I mean, I had a mate I used to call um, Fred. It's you know it's a made a score. His, oh, name, don't. his name was Jeff, and I <laughs> I still call him Freddie. Freddie, I think that's quite a quite a good one too. Goosey Dag, yeah, or maybe maybe or wanna be pro Dag. He's thinking golfer. Wanna be pro. So wanna, wanna be, be a, a pro Dag. <laughs> <laughs> wanna wanna be wanna be. No, no, it sounds like the Spice Girls. <laughs> don't waste materials on those big size 12s just a snug pair of size 9 will do cheers Brenton there you go thank you for all those messages yeah we're having a laugh you're in a good mood today and I absolutely love it Marky Mark promise you keep trying you text through the code word Mark um, Tiger with Marky from Christchurch you'll be in that draw coming up we're going to talk to the one and only Baz McCullum. Let us know on double eight double three if you have any questions for Baz. He's up to well, bugger all, travel around the country <laughs> playing a bit of golf, watching his horses race, and no doubt he would have watched Pungo race last night. A disappointing ending. I was hoping for a bit more, but he came third, so we've got to be hopeful for that. And love racing. Stay tuned. That is coming up soon. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning, Izzy Kempe for breakfast, SCNZ. Oh, Marky Mark, you are so persistent. I love it. I absolutely love it, Kempe. It's just too obvious. Dagger for Izzy. Mark, size 12, please. It's his fourth message through. He's relentless. I love it. I absolutely love it, Mark. Look, you're going in the draw. That's the main thing, okay? We'll announce the winner at the end of the show. You've got to be like Mark, and you've got to be like others out there and send through the code word TIGER, your name. We are in the country, and you can go on the draw to win those Adidas golf shoes later on in the show. And for, don't forget, don't forget, we have Sale GP down here in Christchurch, and if you are in the region, 
and you're listening on 1260am, or you're you're actually coming to Christchurch over the weekend, and you want to head along to the Sale GP, text us now on double eight double three with your name and who you would love to take to the Sale GP over the uh, weekend. We have some tickets which are valued at over a hundred dollars each to give to you and someone else that is lucky enough. There you go. We're going to hopefully catch up with our good friend. Baz, I was a bit wary. It is a little bit early this morning. He's not used to getting up this early in his uh, in his new gig. So hopefully he's uh, he's up and about, and we can rip into some racing chat, well, some golf chat, and plenty of other things as well. Mark Scott, there he is. Mark Scott, no idea. Oh, Timmy, it's sad. It is sad. And one for me, just call him Shanks. Covers his golf <laughs> and his dodgy one. leg. It's a... Covers his golf and his dodgy leg. Just call him Shanks. I, I do have the old shank, I'm not going to lie. Who doesn't have the old shank on the golf course? Yeah. I've had plenty. Yeah. If I'm going to shank it, it's probably a big snap hook or, or, or yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm missing at the moment. I'm pulling everything and it's not ideal. Is a snap hook back over your left arm, is it? Yeah. So, you, yeah, so if you're right-handed, you're pulling it back over. Your left arm, so I'm a bit of a snap hook in my, in my golfing days, but Baz has got a bit of a big old fade on him. So, anyway, that's enough. It's time for this. Caring for our communities, out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. Oh, he's certainly more than an athlete, and it's been far too long since we have caught up with our mate. He's a father, he's a punter, a part-time horse farmer, and definitely a mentor to many, including his English test cricket side, which are playing with a zest and responsibility to make sure the red ball game lives on and is played the right way. Baz McCullum used to love the early alarms and, well, promised me the world, but uh, ditched me while a better <laughs> offer was opportune came to came to fruition. But that's okay. I still love him. How you doing, Baz? <laughs> Good morning. What a lovely <laughs> intro, I think. <laughs> All right, boys. <laughs> oh, we're good, mate. But... Um, just trying to come up with names for, for nicknames for Izzy because Kempi's got a bit of a dilemma at home. His daughter's called Izzy and he kept yelling at the to- uh, the TV when Pungo was racing, go Izzy, go Izzy, and his daughter came out and said, I thought you were talking to me. So we're trying to come up with a, with a new nickname for myself. What do you got, Bez? You've got plenty. Uh, I've got I've got plenty, but none which can actually be said on air, I think, you know, <laughs> right, not with that sort of incriminating uh, is he in it? Yeah. what about Dagger's fine isn't it what's wrong with Dagger yeah Dagger Dagger's Dagger. really good Dagger is really good hey Baz obviously last night um, we had Pungal racing and um, yeah it wasn't uh, the result we are after but what your thoughts on Pungal uh, I thought he ran quite well actually I reckon he might be he might be more of a um, more of a chaser as a horse so he might be better ridden cold is so get him back in the field yeah. a little bit and then just let him switch off, and then let him have a dart down the uh, down the outside, or pick his path, and, and go for it. But 
Well, I thought he ran well, actually. He should have finished fifth. But, so to finish third, I know. I mean, we're we're on the nose, not on the tail, so we didn't get paid. But you know, I thought third third was a pretty good result. He's a good horse. He's gonna he'll have his time. Don't worry. Yeah. Keep the faith, as they say. Keep the faith. Good mm. work. That's right. Hey, talking about one that's come that come with a, a late run. Just talk about defibrillator, Baz, and uh, being chopped up. I I thought that was the unluckiest run of the day. Yeah, it was pretty gutting, wasn't it? When you sort of think Group 1 racing, you need a few things to go your way. Um, I thought he... Uh, the, the great thing about Defibrillate, like he's, he's a hardened horse, you know. He's been to Australia. He's mm. racing against the best. He was one and a half lengths off the winner in the Australian Cup. He's come back here. He's won a Group 1. He's had an awesome season. Um, this was kind of his grand final for this year. And the horse presented well. He was rock hard fit. He was ready to go. And just as he was about to sort of let down, um, he kind of got... He got knocked over, and he's lucky. Very, we're very lucky, actually. We've still got a horse. I thought he could have gone down. Yeah. And, yeah. What'd they and, say, uh, Bears? If it wasn't for the riding skills of Warren Kennedy, I think he probably would have gone down. So we're, we're just happy to walk away with the horse. Did the, did the race callers or the racing industry come and say anything about that at the moment? I know the Prowess uh, 1v2 was kind of, um, you know, went and, and debated about, but did they d- debate anything back in the field with the foot rate? No, not really. I mean, it's pretty hard in it because it's, it is Group One racing, so it's very competitive. And I thought Pro S was, yeah. was super as well. I don't think you know we may not have beaten. Well, I don't think we would have beaten her, but she she looks extra. Um, but yeah. you know, you just need a bit of luck, and if you don't get it, then then unfortunately those Group Ones are hard to win. So yeah, he'll be back though. We've had a good season with him, and and he'll be back and looking forward to it. So yeah, good another. Well, we know what you've been up to. Yeah, that's what oh, I want to head into, Bears. You've been, yeah. you've been, you know, you've been at all the bloody, you've been at all the, the race. Um, what are they called? Uh, the sales. You've been at all the sales. You've been at all the sales. So, what does McCallum's stable look like at the moment? A few young ones is a few young ones, and, <laughs> and looking forward to bringing them through. Had another one of our uh, horses we bought it. At Caracas this year arrived yesterday, which is all very exciting. You see them sort of, you buy them at the sales, and then you know you do all your homework, and then you get them back to your house, and you sort of watch them grow and develop, and then you go through the process of getting them broken in, broken in, and then obviously sent off to trainer who for us is going to be Graham Richardson, our, our neighbour and very good trainer and trainer of defibrillate. Um, so yeah, all very exciting, but you've just got to be patient. They say in the, in the racing game, you've got to make haste slowly. <laughs> And I think that's one of the reasons why I love love the racing game as well, because it does slow you down a little bit. Yeah, it, it certainly does. Uh, hey, Baz, we've got, to, you know, obviously listeners coming out of Australia, they're keen for you to get there. We've got Mark's coming with a question here, and he says, how do you think the Poms will do against the Aussies? What, in the Ashes, you, are you allowed to say anything? We'll see. <laughs> he's, he's, there you go, Mark. There you go. You got the answer. <laughs> How's it all tracking, Baz? Like this, this, this run that you're having with the, you know, we're talking about it all the time on here, and the run that you're having with the English team, and I mate, great, great second test with the the Black Caps getting up with that last ball, doing that twice. Um, I know you'd be happy for them as well. But what's it like becoming the father figure of English cricket? <laughs> oh, Kempi, honestly, we're, we're having a great time, mate. Like, when we set out on on the kind of the campaign when Skipper and I took over, um, 
the, the English English Test side. You know, for us, it was about it wasn't just about trying to play cricket. It was about trying to bring some real relevance to Test cricket. And, and you don't want to preach that stuff, but you just want to you want to live it daily. And for us, you know, there's times where you make decisions which they may it may end up in success or it may end up in failure. But you've got to stay true to those beliefs which you set out on your campaign with. And you know, we, we've got a kind of mantra within our team that that. Um, that others may be better than us, but none are going to be braver. And I think that's quite a nice, a nice point for us that we're prepared to, to do things differently to try and win games. And it's not always going to be the case. Um, but I think in the end, the game kind of benefits. And we're, the, the way the guys have played has been... You know, I'm very lucky. I, I get the privilege of being able to have one of the best seats in the house to watch these guys go about their work. And, and they are such talented players. And, and what they've been able to do over the last nine, ten months to the game of cricket worldwide has been pretty inspirational. So, yeah, very fortunate to be in the position I'm in, and and, uh, and I think we're just getting started. We'll find out. The Ashes is going to be a, a massive series. Um, you know, the 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 eyeballs which will be on on that series oh, and, and the crowds wait. that we get, it's going to be it's going to be huge. And that's such a great test of where we're at. How we are we prepared to stay true to? To what we've said we're going to do, and under the biggest um, the biggest microscope, and that's the exciting thing from my point of view because it gives us an opportunity. Yeah, so I know you wouldn't, you won't change much, but like this is enormous in terms of cricket. The the eyes that will be on us. We've all watched the Ashes. You would have watched Ashes. You've done everything in cricket, but you've never been a part of an Ashes series. So you, right now, the main focus you got Ireland before you take on the Australians back home. Mate, like, do you, do you head into this with a, a different mindset, or do you keep it the same? Because we know, like, what's I on keep for, it for England. If anything is, I reckon you keep it. You make it even more simple. I've always sort of found that the more on the line, the more simplistic your messaging and, and your game plan should be. Because otherwise, all you do there's enough there's enough uncertainty and insecurities in the game anyway, particularly when you add that layer of pressure. So. Everything yep. we've tried to do is get to, to be able to handle pressure as best we can and to be totally present in the moment so that you can make good decisions regardless of how much is on the line. And, that, and that's, that'll be the message for us right throughout is forget, well, not forget, embrace what how big a deal the Ashes is, but you, we've got ourselves in a position where we're ready to play this style of cricket. And just because there's more on the line, we shouldn't, we shouldn't differ from that. We should double down on it. Mm. And, and really sort of play the, the style that gives us the most amount of satisfaction and ultimately the greatest opportunity. So, look, who knows? if Australia may be better than us, and that's okay too, because I know that if that is the case, then it's going to be one hell of a series to watch um, because I, I do believe our boys will, will, will play well and, and will play the same style that we've played over the last eight, nine months. Selections, mate. You've got, honestly, you're oozing talent out of that side. You've got a couple of fast bowlers that are making return. You've got a batsman, and Johnny Bairstow. So you've got really good cavalry that are coming through. Like, when you're selecting a team, will it be based on, on conditions, style, fatigue? How do you go about it? Well, that's right. You, you bang on with the players that we've got coming back. We've got such a, a huge um, pool of talent now to choose from and, and with a bit of luck everyone will be fit as well and you know that, that is always difficult to make selection decisions but that's you know that's what your gig is as well and you're not going to get them all right in fact you probably cock a few of them up but you just hope you get more <laughs> right than, than than you get than you cock up so I think in the end the, the good thing from our point of view is that 
um, we've got guys who are desperate to be a part of this side and and who are, are prepared to um, you know to bring their best game to the table day in day out. And and uh, I think the thing about Test cricket is not only I mean everyone sees the Ashes as such a huge series, but the game itself has been under pressure for a little while. So you. There's T20 franchises, there's money has flooded into the game all around the world. The opportunity suppliers everywhere is so vast now that you need to make the game of Test Cricket attractive, not just through how you play, but also the fun that you have. And, and that's the one thing we've tried to do is make sure that the guys are having a great deal of fun. And then when you get guys who are desperate to be a part of that team because they want to, they want to, they they see how much fun you're having in the style of cricket you're playing. Um, then their talent can come out when that moment arises. So we've got huge selection um, discussions to have, but whatever happens, um, you know, I, we know we're going to walk into that series with a really good squad. Hey, Baz, have you have you been able to put your finger on the, the major difference between being in the Black Caps structure and the current structure that you're working with within the English? Uh not really, Kempi. Like, I think, I mean, they're two very different sides, albeit there's a lot of similarities as well. Both teams got on really, really well throughout the series. It was actually a really cool moment at the end of the second test match. Both teams afterwards were out on the field at the Basin Reserve and they were kicking football around and having a couple of quiet drinks together and laughing and joking. And, and he kind of sat back. I, I certainly sat back at one stage and I thought, you know what, this is what the game's all about, you know? You go toe-to-toe yeah. for... For, for well, 10 days really um, over the two test matches and then at the end of it you sit down there's a mutual respect there and, and a mutual respect for the game as well that you both come in as competitors so look there's, there's differences um, obviously um, you know the playing pool within English cricket is, is a lot greater than New Zealand cricket um, which makes New Zealand success so remarkable in itself um, both teams are littered with world class players Obviously, the funding is a little bit different over in the UK as well. There's more pressure in the UK too. Um, but there is also a lot of similarities in how the game itself is played. So mm. there's a couple of different aspects, but, I mean, in the end, it's not too dissimilar, no. Hey, Baz, so good so good to hear your voice, mate. So good to hear your voice. Great to have you back in the country. Um, I've been saving this question for you all morning, actually. Uh, we were trying to come up with oh, nicknames yeah. for, for Izzy, and um, you're the perfect person to ask because your affinity with the breeding industry in New Zealand. He obviously was one of the great racehorses of his generation and has gone on to be one of the great stallions of his time. So do you think Dagger Beal, Perindago, Satono Adagon, or Reliable Dag <laughs> is more appropriate? <laughs> what about So You Dag? <laughs> oh, elite! <laughs> so uh, you dig? Okay. That's a good yeah. one. Are you not? A, are you a gelding? St- are, you, are you a stallion still or a gelding? That's all. I'm, I'm stallion. I'm a stallion, mate. I'm he's still ne- stallion. He's never going to tell you anyway. You ain't gelding this, mate. That's me gelded. <laughs> I'm probably going to get gelded shortly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. You ain't gelding me, mate. Cannot take my pride away from Dagabeel. So you dig. I love that, Bez. Hey, Bez, are you off? When are you back? When are you, when are you heading away? Uh, not till late May. So we've got a few things to do around here, watch a bit of racing, do a few things around the farm, spend a bit of time with the kids, and then off uh, late May for for, uh, for the Ashes campaign. is. So we'll get an opportunity to catch up, I'm sure. 
I did enjoy catching nice. up down in Queenstown too. That was great to spend a bit of time with you down there. Oh, it's such a good week. I'm still bloody hurting. Let's be completely honest. I've only just come right. That was a big, big <laughs> week with my good friends there at, uh, what do we call it? The Fret House. There we go. The Fret House on the course. It was so good. Thanks very much, Baz. <laughs> we appreciate your time. And uh, we'll, we'll, I'll give you a message later on today. Cheers, brother. All right. See you, boys. Cheers, Baz. Yeah. There he is. Baz McCullum. So you dig. So you back. So you dig. And then he brings up the gelded stallion situation. Well, I'm still a stallion for now until Daisy says so. That was Baz McCullum. We're going to shoot off because we got a little here and I'm sure he's got plenty of tips or something like that to get us paid, hopefully, Louis. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, I've got one I really like, Ash Burden, or Cash Burden, as we'll be calling it. <laughs> Beautiful. That was Baz McCullum. Louis Herm Watt coming up with some love racing. You listen to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. 27 past 7 this morning, uh, 16th of March. Kempi, you're coming down to the mainland a little bit later on. It'll be excellent to have you here, brother. And um, actually, we could jump in the car and go to Cash Burden if we wanted to do a bit of a road trip. I don't think that's <laughs> something that will be on the agenda. We'll hang out for the sailing tomorrow. But they are racing at Ash Burden today. And I think I've found one for you, Kempi. Nice. What's you got? What do you got there, Bluey? Well, loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. And up on loveracing.nz earlier in the week, I saw that Form Pro had actually done some sectional work and they'd put up some star sectionals. And I've noted down this name, and I remember the run because it was massive, of Sassy Shoes. The Jimmy Shoe filly, three-year-old for uh, John and Karen Parsons down there in North Canterbury. And... I thought to myself, you're right, that run was massive. It's been progressing. Wherever it turns up next start, we'll be having a bet. Well, sure enough, in a mile race for fillies and mares, the maiden is today, it gets, well, the Jamie Carr of the South, Jasmine Fawcett, and a reasonable enough barrier. And at $3, Sassy Shoes is a good bet today in race number one. So we'll be having a bit of that. And um, actually, in race number four, there's been a race number three, there's been a massive market mover. A first starter, Miss Layla, Tegan Newman riding for the Kennedy Furlong team, $16 into $8. That's halved its quote on a first starter, which has won its trials. So, oh, well, went really well on a trial. So, where there's smoke, there's usually fire with this stable. I would be all about that $2.40 a place, especially for Miss Layla out of a good barrier with a good rider in race three. Race one, number 11. Race three, number 10. There you go. That's Ash Burden. And then this weekend, Kempi, you're right. It's the Oaks, it's the Levin Classic. And in the Levin Classic, at Trentham, I reckon I've found one that's just a great bet. And you don't have to look very far. It's the top of the book. The Intimidator has got form around Prowess, Wild Knight. It turned up last start at Tarapa after a freshen up and won so well over 1,400. The horse was always going to get 1,600. Uh, Andrew Forsman's had a lot of time for the Intimidator. Four fifty a dollar ninety. It's a group one, but it might be the each way bet of the weekend. It's a great bet. Yeah, nice. Nice. There's some good racing, Louis, all weekend. Got the slipper. Um, you got a few other big races out there. Seamus is back for our show. He's taken a few down there as well. Is mm. there anything that you've looked at over the last couple of days 
especially in the big, the $5 million race and gone. I know Alligator Blood's getting all the press over there, but I really like the look of this one. I On Seamus, I really wanted to back him, but he's got that 60 kgs and he's giving not guilty 7 kgs, um, which is a, a big weight swing, but he is so talented, so I wouldn't put it past him. The All-Star Mile, Alligator Blood, this is the Valley, uh, the All-Star Mile, race number seven, the race number seven on Saturday. Oh, Mr. Brightside has just been, and I know you've been a fan of this horse for a long time, Kim, but Mr. Brightside has just been chipping away, and he's got to win one of these big mile races sooner, sooner or later. So I think Mr. Brightside can knock Alligator Blood off. I think I'm Thunderstruck can knock Alligator Blood off. It's a hell of a race. And the Golden Slipper, that famous two-year-old race in Sydney, um, where we see stars of the turf years gone by and for future, um, they come out, little bros at the top of the books being backed. You've got Barber that's been backed for Godolphin, Shinzo for Chris Waller, Empire of Japan, Learning to Fly for Annabelle Nisham. This is going to be such a scintillating race. That's race eight at Rose Hill, the Longings Golden Slipper over 1,200. Man, it's a big weekend of racing. And... Uh, we're about to do around the grounds, and I'm going to get you, Kempi, and you, Izzy, to declare a couple. So you better get your eye through I'm the ready. Book, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. There's plenty going on this weekend. And honestly, when you look at that race, when you go on the TAB app and you go through it, you're like, oh, my my brain, my poor brain. There's so many options to pick, and it is a beautiful weekend to be a punting Pundit. Love it. Keep the messages coming through. Double eight, double three. Some headlines with Bluey coming up. And like you said, around the grounds. But before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. Well, the family's away, so I had to go and whip myself up a nice warm coffee to get me through the next hour and a half. How good. Time for some headlines with Louie brought to you by Kennard Tire. Make your job easy. Kennards.co.nz. Louie. I mean, I guess the pressing question is, how old does Arlo need to be before he starts making you coffee? Eight. <laughs> he's, he's even got an thought age on it. it. <laughs> he's got an age on it. <laughs> totally. It's been thought about. <laughs> I'd have said eight, eight years of age, mate. Or even earlier. When he's ready, I'll know when he's ready. As soon as I get a bit of lip, as soon as I get a bit of lip, straight in that kitchen, boy, make me a coffee. Hurry up. I'll tell you what, one of the, just quickly, Louis, one of the one of the best things for me and my boy was him getting me a beer when I got back from like, coaching or, or playing even and him tucking the lid off the beer and handing it to me for years. For, How satisfying. Ah, so good. That's brilliant. Right, okay. Well, now we got that out of the way. Um, some headlines. Well, actually, let's start with the domestic cricket scene because we've got so much Plunkett Shield going on, pivotal Plunkett Shield games right now. Wellington Firebirds, they need 374 runs, which will be a big chase, off 96 overs. They've got nine wickets in hand. They're 17 for one against Northern District, who declared, Northern Districts, who declared at 206. Canterbury lead... By seven runs with nine wickets remaining against Central out at Rangiora, main power there. Uh, and the Volts lead by 103 runs with one wicket remaining against the Aces down there in Alexandra. And uh, Dale Phillips, Glenn Phillips' brother, put, picked up a, um, a big hundred for the Volts. Staying with cricket, Kane Williamson, well, one of the most amazing 
solo single performances I've ever seen live. Kane Williamson on Monday night, Tuesday night, Monday night, um, down here at Hagley Oval. He just put on a Herculean performance, and this is him talking about that last run where he had to dive. I suppose it was just good enough. Um, yeah, didn't look overly agile there. And to be honest, it was a, it was a little bit of an afterthought because I, I knew the throw would go to um, Neil's end. And then I just sort of thought as I was getting towards the crease line, maybe I should just throw in a little dive in case. And, and I kind of wasn't in a position to do it. But, um, you know, an amazing game of cricket to, to be a part of. And both teams competed, you know, throughout all five days and, and all results left on the table coming into day five was... You know, an amazing game. We'll play some more Breakers audio from Modi Moore and Jarrell Brantley a little bit later on. Um, Breakers obviously going down in that game five, and Alex Pledge is up after eight. But boys, that came Williamson innings. The four, the boundary he hit in the last over, where it's a yeah. cricket shot. Yeah, it's a, he he the uh, the bowler. It was probably a bit wide, a little bit off its line, but it was a full ball. And Kane, he never scooped, he never charged down the wicket, he just played cricket shots, and he needed to find the boundary so bad. The Sri Lankan fielders were completely out on the rope, and he somehow middled this ball with a cricket shot, kind of a square drive getting really low to the pitch of it, and it's just flown to the boundary. It was, I mean, he is just class personified, he's all of the superlatives, and I said this and I mean it, he is becoming one of my favourite athletes of all time, and he's been doing it for a long time, but right now he's going... So far, you know, like, it's going to be weird, but we're going to probably finish up with Kane and go, is he kind of McCaw territory? Like, he is getting to that sort of status where he is, he's on another level at the moment, is he? Were you there? Were you, at the, were you watching at the stadium? So yeah, the lights were off, were It was dark. It was dark in that last day, and they turned the lights on in the last ball, apparently. And everyone was Crazy. like, wow, what is this? <laughs> it was so weird. Why didn't they turn the lights on for the last over? And then there was the drama, and we thought it was over. Then all of a sudden, all yeah. at once, poof. And everyone was like, whoa. <laughs> it was very weird. <laughs> oh, it was an awesome win from our uh, Black Cats, mate. And hopefully they can head to the basin and do it all again. Kay Williamson, he'll have to go down as one of the greatest. Yeah, he, oh, I can see him being amongst McCaw territory with what he's been able to do uh, for a very, very, very long time. And he's only young. Like, what, what, would he be 33? 33? Yeah, yeah, if that. Yeah, yeah, yeah if that. Yeah. So, like, he's a very, very young for a cricketer, and he's still, I reckon he's got a big, big couple of years ahead of him. Thank you so much for that. And, yeah, I can't wait to talk breakers because I watched that. I watched half of the game last night, and that first quarter, holy they were flying the breakers. They were on flying. another planet. They actually got out to a 12-point lead. And I was thinking, wow, they're going to ruin them here. And it could have been 15. They missed the three. And then the Kings just worked their way back. Xavier Cooks, you can see the finesse in How Xavier Cooks. Eh? He is so quick around that rim, man. Mm. Like, there's two defenders. He's in and out, up, lays it up. And I'm just like, couldn't even see it. Blink of an eye. And I was like, okay. That's why he's going to the NBA. But I love that little matchup with Jarrell Brantley and Xavier Cooks. And uh, I think Jarrell Brantley in that second quarter, quarter, he put one up off the bank, then and off the off the banker, in for three, looked at him, and then Xavier Cooks come down, does a little shimmy up there, gives him one back in his own face. Oh, it was such a good game. I was gutter. I went to sleep, and I was like, I don't I wanted to wake up, wake up and see the score, see the breakers on top. But it wasn't meant to be. And I read a bit deeper into it, the last quarter. They evened it up. They got out by seven goals, seven points, and then they fell apart.
<sighs> what could have been. Anyway, Alex Pledger, he'll give us a bit more on that later on in the show. Around the grounds, plenty of sport going on this weekend. We'll be talking about it shortly. We'll be back soon. Yeah. Congratulations. You made it. Welcome to the Crusader. It's been yeah. a long time coming, yo. Yeah. But I'm here now. So what you want to do? Hey, this, uh, this goes out to Uncle Tony Kemp. He's seen the light. He's coming to the mainland. He's going to be a crusader. The O3. The O3. Go on, Robbie. Go on, Robbie. Just come on over. You just come over. Just Kimby. If any. How many titles does lose have? Not many. If any. Not many. If any. Um, oh. Oh, hey, in all seriousness, there is a reason I've, I've played this song here for this uh, for Around the Grounds. I'm going to start with the ITM New Zealand GP. Believe it or not, every team in the GP or every boat has to play a sail-out song when they kind of start the, start when they go to start the competition. I was shocked that the Kiwis, Chuki, Pete Burling, Liv McKay, Josh Jr., the crew, they played Scribe Not Many, and in Sydney it went <laughs> off. And me and the Kiwi I was with, we were just like, that is so good. So hopefully they do the same thing down here in Littleton. It'll be very, very good. And that's where we want to start for Around the Grounds, um, fellas. This is a pivotal, pivotal event. They are hanging in there in that second spot, but they've got the British, they've got the French breathing down their necks. In Littleton Harbour, will they get it done on home court? Kempi, what do you reckon? 100%. Kiwis all day. Not coming all the way down there to watch them come last. I'm coming down there to celebrate, if any, not many, all of them, the whole lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, New Zealand all day. 100%. Look, it's, uh, they got they got my support, and I think they can do it. It just depends on, obviously, there's been so much going on with the boats and how they've been able to sail, but they've got the new boat. They got their old boat back, haven't they? They got yeah. Amakura back, so they're back in their Amakura. own in their own conditions on their own boat. So surely it's boating well. Yeah, New Zealand all day. Pete Burling, let's go, sling them, get rid okay. of sling them, <laughs> sling them back to Australia, mate. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Get out of here, Slingsby. Uh, let's rip, rip through some around-the-ground sport going on this weekend. Uh, Super Rugby. Izzy, Hurricanes-Waratahs tomorrow night at the Cacton, 7.05. Artie's back. Hurricanes by 12. Yeah, yeah. I think that'll be too good. Waratahs. Maybe. I don't know. Disappointing, eh, the Waratahs? I've just haven't been overly impressed with, with how they've been. So I'm going Hurricanes for sure. Canes all day, Louis. Right, this is the grand final rematch, and gee whiz, it's going to be spicy because the Blues haven't necessarily been the best versions of themselves this year, and I tell you what, the Crusaders have not been anywhere near the best versions of themselves this year. So at Eden Park, at the scene of the crime, where we... Yeah, we know what happened. What do you reckon, Izzy? Oh, you know where I'm going. (laughs) It's a no-brainer. Not many, if any, up in Auckland, so Crusaders will head there and... And do the job. And uh, look, uh, it depends for me. Like, Richie Munga will start with 10. It depends who's playing 12. David Hardley's out with his shoulder. He's, he's injured at the moment. So, is Jack Goodhue come in with Braden Enel? Leicester flying in a coup if Braden's out. Like, this, just, they'll name their team today and it'll give us a good bit of sense. But I think the Crusaders will go back there, go to Auckland and bounce. 
get one over the Auckland team. There'll definitely be some bouncing, Louis. The Blues will bounce them out of town. See you later. Blues all day. Whoa. (laughs) Somebody revoke his passport. Um, (laughs) No, fair enough. It's going to be a ripper. It'll be a great game. 7.05, that's tomorrow at Eden Park. Highlanders 4, Sunday, 3.30 in Vicargo. In a word, boys, Highlanders, Western Falls. By 30. Highlanders. Highlanders. NRL. Tonight. 10 p.m. Brookvale. Do they still call it Brookvale? They probably don't. Uh, sea, sea Eagles Eels. Now, two pretty good teams. And, well, I think this was the first pick in our draft, the Sea Eagles. So what do you think, Impy? Uh Sea Eagles sitting top. Eels sitting 16th. I reckon the Eagles are on fire at the moment. Tommy Trebojevic all day. Is that my team? Go the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking them because I can't pick my nose at the moment, so these ones won't come in. What about the Chickies and the Rabbits Friday, 10 p.m. in Sydney somewhere? Oh, look, Jared Warrior Hargraves is back along with Victor Radley, but they're still not going to be good enough for the Rabbits will bounce back after their loss last week to the Panthers. Yeah, Rabbitos. Rabbitos, I think, will. Uh, look, I'm still not convinced on, on the Roosters. Still a little bit unconvincing. With their results, so rabbits for me. Yeah, hey, they spent a lot of money on Brandon Smith, and, you know, you can't judge him off two games. Let's judge him off 20 games. But, yeah, a lot of eyeballs on cheese. Cowboys-Warriors, 7.30, Saturday, Townsville. A couple of big changes here. No hiku, no drink water for the Cowboys. The same could be said for the Warriors with young Tane Toopiki getting a shot at fullback. And no Jackson Ford, and I think it's a big move moving Mitchie. Barnett back out to the edge. I think he should be in the middle. I think Cowboys are going to be too good. I'm going Warriors, and I'm going for Tane Tuwao Piki to have an absolute blinder. So Warriors by 10. Epic. There's a lot of good rugby league this weekend. Let's keep bouncing, though. Sri Lanka Black Caps, second test, Basin Reserve tomorrow, 11 a.m. Uh, the Sri Lanka, they're a really good test side, a really good test side at the moment, and they pushed us. Doug Bracewell's in the squad. I don't know if he'll play. What do you think, is he? I think Dougie will play. I'd hope he plays. I was playing golf with Macca the other day, Craig Millen, and uh, he's expecting him to come in and have a crack. Uh, he also is expecting the Black Caps to roll Sri Lanka for little, about 100, and then they'll get 500, and then they'll roll them again, and it'll be a three-day test. He can't stand working for five days. They've worked two test matches five days straight, and so he's had enough. He's expecting a, an early finish so they can get on the golf course. That's what I'm hoping. Black caps by an innings. By an innings. Well, we're going to talk to Paulie Moati, Louis, and I'm going to ask him to boost it for the Black Caps to win it in the last ball of the last test. <laughs> what odds would they give you? Probably $2. That's it. Um, that's all it's worth. Hey, boys, Leon Edwards, remember when he shocked the world with that high yeah. kick? And uh, yeah. he is he's the champ. And Kamano Usman, who in the USC was that the pound this pound. That's this weekend, bro. That's Sunday wow. at about 10 a.m. because it's in Holy. the UK. It's in the O2 Arena. What do you reckon? Oh, that was that was a Devastating kick to the dome, and Kumari Usman was out cold. Um, I'm expecting. I'm, I'm going Usman. I'm going Usman to make a comeback and uh, wear him down. I think that was a very, very lucky kick that got him. I think Usman was all over him before that kick. So I'm going Usman. 
Well, I'll just make it this one interesting. I'll go home ground advantage. I'll take Edwards. <laughs> Oh, oh, yes, Kempe. Love it. Hey, boys, we've got to shoot off, but have you had a look through the Oaks or the Ulsar Mile field? Who wants to declare one? Yeah, I will, because I backed it last time, and I'm, I'm going to back Contagious. Vinnie Colgan's on board. Sadaka. Sadaka and the Oaks. Oh, I like both of those. Don't leave them out of your top fives if you do your DIY <laughs> power play. Uh, I'm Thunderstruck, Alligator Blood, Mr. Brightside, Aegon, is he? Who do you like in the Ulsar Mile? Alligator blood. Come on. You know who I got. This time, Louie. You know who <laughs> Mr. I got, Louie. Mr. Brightside. Are we going to go for a drink? You go for a drink at a bar in Christchurch called Mr. Brightside tomorrow night. That's about right, isn't it? Is he? That's right. <laughs> yeah, I do. I <laughs> love that spot. Okay, there you go. That's around the grounds. If you can't find a winner in there, well, we can't help you anymore. Back, wrap up the hour <laughs> after this. Welcome back, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SENZ, Thursday, 16th of March, and it's come just after 8 o'clock. We appreciate you all tuning in and flicking your messages through on double eight double three. Brendan, you will not win anything on this show. A good new name for Izzy is Marmite. Good in small doses. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a good one. I'll give you that. That is, that is very, very witty. I like it. From you, Brendan. But you won't be getting any shoes from me. And Mark, you keep going, my friend. You keep going. Caleb's trying to outdo you. Caleb is trying to outdo. Good morning, team. I'd like to be considered for a pair of Adidas golf shoes. Would you, Caleb? Starting to get back into my golf off the back of a shoulder reconstruction at 22 and trying to get my handicap down. Feel like having a bit of grip underneath me will hopefully help me get below 30. Cheers, Caleb. And he sent through his address, size, where he is and his full name. So he is hungry as anything to win yourself shoes. Well, we're going to announce our winner at the end of this show today. So stay tuned. You never know. Size 12, size 9 might be your lucky day. Well, it's time to talk to our next guest. A very special season. It just wasn't to be for the end of the breakers. Ball in the hand of the champ. And it is done. Sydney. You are back-to-back champions, and you've done it in a most emphatic way. Only a year after finishing at the foot of the NBL ladder, this special group led by club legend Tom Abercrombie and first-time head coach Modi Moore started to embody the Breakers' teams of old, playing hard defence, winning on the road, and shining on the back of a great team culture. The season just went a few minutes too long in the end as they faded late in the fourth against a deserving Sydney Kings outfit who are the new undeniable gold standard in the NBL. Alex Pledger is a multiple-time champion with the Breakers, and he's been good enough to join us a few times throughout this run. It's a big good morning, Alex. How you doing, mate, after that late one? Yeah, not too bad, eh? I was pretty, um, pretty gutted for the for the guys. Um, you know, about midnight when it was over. So yeah, I had a bit of a late one, but um, yeah, it's a little long black this morning. I'll be all good. <laughs> <laughs> I've just had a flat white too, mate. So I'm ready to rip into this last hour. Yeah, I watched the first two quarters, but 4:40 a.m. start for me. I had to switch off. Then I woke up and seen the score. Mate, that start, though, they got out to a 12-point lead. Like, you, you thought, okay, we're in for something here. That was a hell of a start. They gave themselves chances to obviously get the result. 
Yeah, they they did get off to a hot start. Um, you know, Sydney Sydney are a, a quality outfit, so you know the it's it was always going to be a game of runs. But you know, I in my mind, I the way they started off the fourth, and I think they were up seven with six or seven minutes to go, and I thought, you know, I didn't, I you know, six or seven minutes is still a long time, but in my mind, I was like, and I think they've got it, but you know, Sydney showed their quality and went on a bit of a run uh, to, to snatch it away from them. But, um, yeah, I'm sure they're disappointed this morning. But, um, you know, there are more ways more ways to measure whether a season is successful or not beyond just winning the championship. So, yeah, they'll be disappointed, but they, they can definitely hold their heads high. They, they had a fantastic year. Every, everyone's proud of the Malics, especially coming back after what they've put up with with the COVID uh, situation, Modi Moore, mate. What what has he brought to this club? Because I think he's been probably one of the, one of, if not the biggest difference um, that's been been about twenty twenty three. Yeah, well, I've in all honesty, I've I've never met the guy. I've never um, I've never spoken a word to him in my life. So in terms of what he's like, I can't say, but. Obviously, watching games, um, you know he's pretty he's pretty energetic on the sideline, um, and you know I think you know that kind of trickles down from the top. That kind of energy and um, the passion he brings, it kind of just trickles down the rest of the roster. So I think, and you know, um, you know, no disrespect to Dan Shamir, but he was he was kind of the opposite of that. He was, you know, a little bit more, you know, he he didn't quite how do you say it, hop around and jump around and wasn't as quite, <laughs> didn't pretty quite reserved. bring the same energy. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, and I think that kind of trickled down from the coaches to the assistant coaches down to the players and um, he really bought, um, you know, similar to Andre Lamanis did, you know, all those years ago, kind of embraced the, you know, the quote-unquote Kiwi culture and, um, you know, bought in guys that kind of fit a similar mould to the um, the championship teams of you know you know back back when we were winning them um, and you really instilled um, you know a, a great team culture defensive mindset um, and yeah I think um, yeah he he was a fantastic player to get to the grand final um, as your first year as a head coach um, you know not not too many uh, can do that so. To be able to earn the trust, well, he's been he's been there for a little while, so he knows a lot of the guys already. But you know, to kind of get that trust from your from your guys, kind of right from the get go, um, you know, not a lot of coaches can do that. Yeah, the buy-in from the start was was evident from the from the outset. They just had the right mentality, the right focus, and yeah. I loved it, absolutely loved it. But the hardest thing is is to back it up. The Kings have done it. They've gone and won back-to-back titles. But now they're going to lose some talent. Xavier Cooks is also to the NBA. There was chat last night, McDowell White. They're trying to sign him on. Barry Brown, Brantley, what do they do? Like, Is this going to be a golden time for the Breakers and the Kings, or do you see them going to be a difficult time to be able to carry on this form, knowing the other opportunities on, on, on the board for these players? Yeah, you know, it's... it's... You know, it's going to be an interesting off season for both of those teams. You know, with with Cooks going and um, you know 
Mcdell White for the Breakers as a free agent, and a lot of teams around the NBL have made it quite clear that they're going after him. So, um, you know, if if the Breakers want to keep him, you know, uh, you know they're going to have to put quite a few zeros on that check. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yes, yeah, they've, um, you know, I'm pretty sure all of the, you know, Brown, Brantley, and Pardon, they were all on one year deals. So, not just from not just interest from other NBL teams, but from you know European clubs and other areas around the world, they'll be highly sought after after the seasons that they just had as well. So, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how how the off season goes. Um, but I think you know now that they've kind of established, you know, Sydney have you know won it twice in a row now. And, Breakers got to the grand final, so I think, you know, hopefully the kind of culture that those two teams have established, you know, they might not be able to bring back the the exact guys, but you know, if they, you know, bring the same the same type of players in terms of their mindset and you know bringing a team first defensive mentality, um, there's there's no reason why they can't, despite they'll probably lose some of their players from this year, but I don't see any reason why they can't kind of be in the thick of it for the next for the next several years. Yeah, it'll be, be interesting, eh? The, the imports, we know the importance of them, and, and man, it's great to watch them play. They play a different brand of of basketball, and it was great to see Barry Brown Jr. absolutely dunk on them last game. But let, I want to talk to you about officiating. I was watching that game last night, and some of the calls, it is a physical Obviously, game with these two teams, they play a physical brand of defense. But some of the calls I thought were a bit outrageous with Chad, uh, Chad, the coach Brunson, I think his name is last name Burston, whatever it is. But he was kind of in the referee's ear, and obviously got fined uh, after that last match with his comments in the post match. How do you how did you see the officiating playing out last night? Yeah, you know it's you know not just in basketball but in every sport. Um, when their team wins, the referees are awesome, and when their team loses, the referees are bad. Um, and that's just the life. That's just that's just the life of a referee, I suppose. But um, but yeah, I thought you know, there's, you're never going to get a five game series with you know the Breakers and Kings are two of the most physical teams in the league, two of the best defensive teams, and you know, occasionally you're going to get. Um, you know, some bad calls and occasionally they're going to let some things go and as fans and I'm sure as players and the coaches it probably feels like it's a little a little inconsistent and feel, feel like you're always getting hard done by but um, for the most part I, I don't think the referees played a massive role in the outcome of the series like I don't think they blatantly favoured one team or the other um, yeah. you know it always seems to go you know the one team will have a quarter where they're in the bonus three or four minutes into it and then the next quarter and it feels like you're getting screwed over and then the next quarter the same thing will happen to the other team so there, <laughs> there are kind of there, there, are, there are moments where you know those moments where it feels like you're you know you're getting the getting a raw deal and then, you know, you kind of ignore the next 
kind of little stretch of play where you're getting a good whistle and it just feels like it <laughs> um, feels like you're getting the rough end of it. But overall, I thought it was pretty pretty well refereed considering the physicality. Um, and yeah, I mean the the old saying: they're only human; they're not going to get them all right. Um, but yeah, I don't think the referees played a massive role in the outcome of the series, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, good good call, Alex. Hey, do you think with Sydney are they that far ahead of everyone at the moment with the second um, premiership? And is the parity with the breakers at, mean that we are going okay? Um, no, I, I don't think the obviously they've been the kind of cream of the crop the last two seasons, but I don't think they're so far ahead of everybody else that the rest of the league can't catch up. You know, they, they did show this year, you know, the, you know, last year they lost their three imports and bought in three new ones um, and went back to back again. You know, that's a situation the breakers may find themselves in this upcoming year where, um, you know, they might not be able to bring everybody back. But, you know, I think, you know, teams teams like Perth, Perth are always, they haven't had a great run of it the last couple of years, but they're only a few pieces away. The breakers are right there. Um, you know, teams like Melbourne, like Melbourne United deal, dealt with a lot of injuries to key players this year, but, you know, they were one position away from making the play-in. You know, South East Melbourne have a lot of dangerous pieces as well. So, um, you know, Sydney have been the best of the best over the last two years, but there are a lot of teams around the league knocking on the door. Um, and, yeah, I think just having, you know, having that parity and not, you know, not going into the season going, oh, yeah, well, this team's going to win it again. Um, I think that's I think that's good for the league, kind of having multiple teams that are, you know, there, there are the teams that are right at the top, but there are several other teams that are a piece or two away from being right there as well. And I think that uh, can only be good for the competition. What else is good for the league is absolute legends staying and playing their trade for a very long time. We don't know what he's going to do, but Tom Abercrombie potentially is going to hang up the, the shoes and, and look for, to do something else, mate. Look, you played a ton of basketball with, with Tom. What has his impact been on this New Zealand Breakers side? Yeah, he's he's kind of been that constant for the last mm. kind of how long has he been there? Kind of uh, probably around fifteen years. He's kind of been, you know, through all ownership changes, coaching changes, players come and go. But he's kind of been that one constant. Um, you know, he's I've, I think he's just a couple of months younger than me. I'm pretty sure he's thirty five. Um, but you know, still being able to contribute at the level that he can um he keeps him he keeps himself in great physical condition um you know he probably can't jump twice quite as high as he used to be able to but um but he's still a pretty he's still he's still a pretty phenomenal athlete um great leadership qualities very good defensive player so you know it'll be interesting i'm, I'm not sure what his contract Status is. I'm not sure if he's under contract next mm. season or not, but I'm pretty sure they said on the broadcast last night that last night's game um, was his 399th. So I 
Um, <laughs> yeah, but being that close you... to 400, uh, <laughs> being that close to 400, I'm pretty sure he'll go around at least at least one more time. He can still, you know, <laughs> got, got guys, you know, guys with that type of leadership ability, and um, you know, he can still defend almost every position on the basketball court very well. Um, you know, just has a lot of versatility in that area. So he's still, you know, the the off court stuff is is obvious. But you know, he's still he can still contribute in a lot of ways on the court. And yeah, I, uh, you know, if I played three hundred ninety nine games and then retired, that <laughs> a little that would just be a little itch that would annoy me for the rest of my life. So um, yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure um, he'll go around at least one more time. But that's just something we'll have to have to wait and see. Beautiful, mate. We appreciate your time. Just quickly before we let you go, how you doing, bud? You doing all right? All good? Yeah, good. Um, healthy. Um, I went back to the um, to the gym for the first time in about a year and a half yesterday. So nice. See if the hamstrings. See, see if the hamstrings can get through the day. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, overall can't complain too much, eh? <laughs> Beautiful. It's good to hear, Alex Pledger, mate. You're an absolute champion, and we appreciate you taking your time and your reaction to last night's game. We're so gutted, but I'm sure the the Breakers can bounce back. And uh, Ab- Ab- Tom Abercrombie, one more, mate. 399 not out. That would be absolutely <laughs> yeah. torture. So there you go. Yeah. Thanks so much, mate. <laughs> right, cheers. Thank you. There he is. Alex Pledger. What a... He's such a big, gentle giant. Isn't he? <laughs> he is. Oh. And uh, it makes a lot of sense. Like, just calls it. Like, you know, the, the referees, he basically said they can't win. You the, you mm. win, the coach is going to love you. You lose, the coach is going to cheat. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> I, like, I just it's, like the way he just came up with that. It's the awareness of these referees. If you feel, Louis, and it can be like the awareness. That, like, last night it was 6-1. 6-1 fouls to the breakers. Uh, um, Kings have been fouled six times. Or... or Made foul six times, and then the referees all of a sudden give two straight back, and then they start evening up the ledger, and it's like it's kind of like they're aware of it, and then they're like, oh, okay, it's a bit one side here, might have to bring it back a little bit, and then we get to the end of the game, it's it's even. So, yeah, I just thought there was a couple of dubious calls last night, but that's just my thoughts. You know, I'm I'm pretty sore loser, and I'm pretty sure that the Crusaders will get a couple on the weekend as well. And, well, we'll hear from Paulie Mwati and see where the punters are going. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. 100 cap shows now, only 23.59 at Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. It's 6.27 and we're going to cross... Over to Paul Mawadi when the boys uh, are just out there giving him a cool bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Paul Mawati, mate, big weekend of racing coming up. And also, we've tipped one out this morning. Were you up? Did you hear Louis tip one out? Race one today? Oh, are we not talking about Pungo? Cash Purden. Hey, hey come on. Hey. <laughs> hey we're we're on, we'll, or not? we'll ask the questions. You move just answer along. them. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you take oh, anyway? Because I, I, I was actually listening to the Australian commentators over there, and they're saying I don't know how it's this short. We should be at least giving more him more for this. But no, the TAB yeah. they've shortened him right up. Was well, that because you took plenty? 
we got we talk plenty. All right, don't worry about that. Crikey! Oh. Uh, yes, yeah. There was yeah. There was a significant so liability me. on Pungle. <laughs> you asked for the boost. Yeah, I know. So I led them into it because I wanted a kickback. Oh, now people are going to think conspiracy going on here, is he? No, no, no. Yeah. Are you colluding with the TAV, is he? Oh, no chance, mate. I want to take the TAV to the cleaners every single time, and I'm coming for you. You watch this space, Paulie. Carry on. Well, Sorry, Ken. Why don't we have a look at the Why don't we have a look at the Oaks? Because uh, it's a wide open New Zealand Oaks field uh, this Saturday down here at Trentham, and I guess Tiako. They're looking to go for three in a row. Um, and there are chances as well. They've got Opie Boston on Family Ties, currently 750. Um, but the favourite at the moment, Sakura Gill, uh, solid at $5. Uh, Penny Wicker on the second line of betting uh, has seen some support at 650. But the best backed early on in the final field win market, Tony Pike trained Val Desoldo uh, at $7.50. That has been the best backed so far since the market opened, what, yesterday, early afternoon. And, of course, we should probably mention this is dramatic, trained by Lisa Ladder, because Lisa has um, mm. picked up a number of big victories over the last month. Uh, Auckland Cup, of course, the Thorndon Mile, not too long ago. Uh, this is dramatic, $31. Um, but that has also seen a wee bit of support. So um, I guess she's looking to add to her New Zealand Oaks tally. I think last time she won back in 2019-18 with Sentimental Miss. Um, so she has a wee Gee, bit of form in the point. race. <laughs> I only know because <laughs> I, I didn't back Sentimental Miss. That's, I remember those ones. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I bet you do. I bet you do. You've led us into you've led us into half a dozen there. What do you actually like? I actually like Penny Wicker. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like the what, what, what's going on, boys. I do. I really like. And, uh, we just want to know, we just want to know which one to stay off. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't trust him. I know what you do, Paulie. You lead us into the unknown, and you're smart, mate. I love it. Well, how about uh, this thing, Seamus, in the Lightning Handicap? That has been backed already. Top weight, what, 60 kilos you got to lob around, $2.50. They're on already. What do you got to say for yourself, uh, Mr. Kemp? Oh, well, he's carrying 60 kilos. Don't ask me. I don't own the horse, but I know the boys that do, and I'm, I'm riding Seamus home, mate. I'm riding him all the way home. He's a class act. Oh, yeah. It's not don't ask me, it's just ask me. That's what I heard. Uh, <laughs> hey, stop it. Is that from the Phantom? Is that from the Phantom? Hey, <laughs> eh? nothing. I've never... Hey, don't forget, uh, NRL, round three starts tonight. Uh, sea Eagles have been backed against the Parramatta Eels. Uh, and we've got the early, uh, NRL early payout. Place a pre-match head-to-head bet on any NRL match during round three. And if your team is ahead by eight or more at halftime, we'll pay you out as an early winner. Um, and there's no maximum on the early payout either. Get right. stuck in, boys. Yeah, well, you get plenty to give us back, Thank Paulie. You, so Paulie. thanks a lot for joining us this morning. Watch your bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, R18. That was Paulie Mawadi throwing us into something you probably don't want to get on because he is very cagey. Oh, Mr Mawadi, Paulie, um, there with us, is he? I actually, mate, Seamus, I don't know, Louis, 60 kilos, 
you know, pretty pretty hefty, pretty hefty weight. I'm on not at the prices. I'd rather be on not guilty a place at two bucks rather than Seamus at two fifty. That's just me. I just think the weight swing, but he he can win. But I'd just rather take not guilty a place at the value. There you go. There you go from Louis. Anyway, we better move on. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. 26 uh, away from... <laughs> Hi. Hey, Izzy. How you going? Hi. Was there a credit there? I think the, the computer's froze on Robbie. You can't play anything. Okay. I think that's what's happened. Sweet as. Do you know what's been happening? It's been quite funny. I'll be listening and then it'll like just Me cut too. out. My ears? Yeah. 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 And I'm yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. I can't hear anything for like five seconds and I'm like, come back in and you, know, you, uh, you pick up again. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. It's time for some headlines of Louis from <laughs> brought to you by Gal. Fueling your mission all year round. Louis, what do you got for us, bud? I got plenty. How's this? This is a story which everybody will love. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. What does he call himself? The chosen Ooh. one? The great one? Whatever he is. He's mm. 41 years of age, and he has been called back into the Sweden squad to play in the European Championship qualifiers. This is a year after his last cap. Um, he's still playing for AC Milan. He's still the great man. He is an extremely good nick, and um, all power to him. Now, the Champions League is getting underway this morning. Real Madrid, Liverpool. Liverpool need to go to Spain and probably do the unthinkable. They're down 5-2 on aggregate. They've got a massive job ahead of them. Uh, Napoli lead Frankfurt 2-0 as well. And back here in New Zealand, we've got heaps of Plunkett Shield cricket going on today. We're watching as to whether Doug Bracewell um, will find out tomorrow morning whether he's going to be playing for the Black Caps. And Sale GP... Sale GP is uh, it's back on tomorrow. Now, the good news is that they've got, well, they're in practice tomorrow, then they're racing on Saturday. And the good news is they've got all nine boats of the fleet back on the water. So after that windstorm in Sydney, where there was some thought that they might not be able to get them all ready, but they've done huge work and they've managed to fix all of the wing sails. Uh, they've only be sailing with the little ones on. That's good, though, because there's plenty of wind out in Littleton usually. And the Sail GP umpires in particular are on red alert because, well, we, these boats fly. And with so much on the line, uh, for example, New Zealand in second on 64, France in third on 63, British on fourth on 61, Denmark in fifth on 57. So those four teams are fighting for two spots behind Tom Slingsby in Australia on 76 to make the grand final. Well, they will expect the competition to be hot and that means that there could be some um, red-blooded sailors starting to push the limits, and they don't want big damage to their boats because they're worth so much money. So that's kind of the, what time the lay of the start, land. Lee? What time's the racing start Saturday? 3 p.m. 3 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, so it's like 3 to 6-ish, 3 to 5-ish, I think. Um, oh. Same thing on Sunday. for So right in the middle of the afternoon. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be epic. And did you want to oh. know who's won our double pass? Yes, yes. I do, but just quickly, I've just got a wee wind update for you for Saturday and Sunday. So she's pretty calm from 7 to about midday, and then after midday, from about 1 till 7 o'clock, it gets 15 knots, 19 knots in the afternoon in Littleton. So there you go. Wide and prime time racing is when you're going to get all the wind through Littleton Harbour there. So good luck. It's going to be beautiful. 
Kempe's bringing all the smoke. Rumour has it Kempe's going to be down at the Rod and Gun store <laughs> later on tonight having a couple of canapes. So, well, get, yourself, get yourself down there. Get yourself keep, down keep, to the Rod and Gun. Keep, keep your eyes peeled. We can't wait to rip in tomorrow. Uh, and who's going to go with a double pass? We have another double pass tomorrow, by the way, for the grandstand. So you have to come back, listen to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast tomorrow. But Dave O'Neill, he's going to have to take the wife as the only sport she will watch with me is Formula One. And the sale GP. So there you go, yes. Dave O'Neill. You and the uh, missus, you guys can watch the sale GP in person. That how good's that? Beautiful, Dave. Enjoy. I'm absolutely gutted. I'm heading away because uh, it's going to be a good weekend. So enjoy, fellas. I'll be uh, tuning in and hearing yous for sure. Remember, we're going to give away those golf shoes as well. And well, Mark, you keep trying. You keep those messages coming. You are so. So, so close. We'll have to wait and see if you are our winner. Coming up, we're going to be talking a question with Mackenzie Kalsua, and I can't wait to chat to her about this one. And, uh, yeah, so there's there's plenty coming up, and we'll keep reading a couple of these messages. Got one more nickname for Izzy, golf reference. Whoosh, <laughs> the sound you hear when you miss the ball. Mark, size 12. That's his 25th text today. He's, he's got, man, he hasn't stopped there. He's gone, Kempe, you traitor. You said the Satyrs <laughs> were his second team. Mark, you're exactly right, because who's me first? I guess Chiefs. we'll find out on Monday. <laughs> you said the Hurricanes. I've said the Chiefs and I've said the Blues. I've got three first teams and one second. Mate, you can't your even. Team honestly, always, I your team is always my second favourite. I've just always got a different first favourite. All right? It's like you wanting, oh. it's like you wanting, what do you call it? Uh, double or quits. <laughs> double, double or quits, mate. You're up for four in this NRL one. Don't uh, worry about that. No, I've got a good weekend coming up. I'm going to take a bit, be a bigger lead, I think, this weekend. Don't worry about that. Beautiful. Well, there's plenty happening. When you think about the rugby, and we're going to, have to be talking rugby this weekend, like this Blues game and the Crusaders, it makes for an, the, the round of the, the weekend, I feel, in terms of the Super Rugby. A wounded Crusaders up against a, a confident Blues outfit. They dropped one against the Brumbies. They'll be disappointed with that. But in saying that, Louis, mm-hmm. are you expecting a backlash? From the Crusaders? Mm. Uh, I would hope so. I'm, I'm wondering... <laughs> How much, and I don't want to say it out loud because I don't want to kind of manifest it and I don't want to insult them, but what happened when the All Blacks went to South Africa in the year and Ian Foster saved his job? Who had just joined the group as a coach? Jason Ryan. And if you can have that much positive impact on a team straight away, doesn't that mean that you have to lose something when he leaves the group? So, so this is something I've been internalising for a wee while, and I haven't wanted to admit it. But I, and it's no insult to Dan Perrin or Jim James Marshall or the new coaches, and it's no insult to Scott Robertson. But you can't possibly have such a great um, man, mentor, and hands-on Ford's coach, and make such an impact on a new group, and then not lose something from where he's come from. It just, you know, laws of subtraction and addition, right? So. 
I've yep. been thinking about this for a while, and it's kind of been spooking me a wee bit. What's been to- what's been making me feel better is that surely Scott Barrett, Sam Whitelock, Cody Taylor, the likes, you know, they they've got enough experience that they can hold that mana with them in themselves in the forward pack. But I still can't get past this fact that Jason Ryan to know Jason Ryan is a massive shift. Yeah. It just really showcases the impo- showcase the importance of Jace Ryan and what he's been able to do with this Crusaders outfit. He is the cog, and you look at that All Blacks pack, they are absolutely humming at the moment. So there you go, we're talking a bit of rugby. We're going to shoot off, we'll come back and talk some equestrian, brought to you by Fibre Fresh. Back soon. Time to talk equestrian thanks to Fibre Fresh, who create natural products with unrivaled levels of nutrients and energy. And over the past few weeks, we've gained a greater appreciation for not just the sport of show jumping, but also the business side of the industry. Mackenzie Colzer joins us this morning, a trainer, talented rider whose family has a rich history of importing some of the best horses to compete in New Zealand. Good morning. Mackenzie, how are you this morning? Hi there. Good morning. Good, thank you. That's good. Hey, just tell us, how did you first get into show jumping? Um, I always loved the sport. It really fascinated me, the whole training side of it and building a relationship, and I always wanted to give it a go. So one day I thought, right, let's do this, and we got some horses. I actually originally started on a few quarter horses and then got a few ponies and then started breaking in and training my own babies, and then, yeah, I've got about a team of 15 now. Oh, that's plenty. And how, how involved are the rest of your family in day-to-day operations at Aspen Park? Um, Dad has Aspen Bloodstock, which is thoroughbred racing, and he is very into that. So we're kind of half thoroughbred racing, half show jumpers. Mum helps run the logistics side of the barn and helps me train them and all the other things that go on to running a busy stable. My little sister Cassidy is 17. She also competes at junior rider level. And then my older sister, uh, sorry, my middle sister is second year law. She used to ride but is doing uni now, doesn't ride. Real family affair, which is good to see. Um, are most of the horses you train and sell imported from overseas? Most of them are. We try to get them really young, you know, a day old kind of thing and import them and then I have them as babies and let them grow and then train them and sell them when they're about seven kind of thing or if I have too many then I'll sell them younger. Oh, that's that's really interesting. So do you get to ride most of them or do you just breed them and... You do. You get to ride yes. most of them before you send them off. And what's what's one of? Yeah. Have you got one that's been ridden around the world at the moment that you guys have bred and gone? Well, that's our horse on the on the um, on the championship trail at the moment, and we know that we've bred a really good one there. Um, we didn't breed him, but we bought him as a baby, and I broke him in and trained him. He is competing in Australia, which is cool. And um, yeah, I've got a couple that have got. Overseas passports. They've been to more places than I have, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Hey, I see your family also has a history of importing um, thoroughbreds, you know. And we would we would know. Do you have much of an interest in horse racing? Yes, I do. So we breed thoroughbreds and send them to the sales and I've got quite a few mares that dad has raced that have been successful that we now have in our breeding program so that is dad's passion 
and he does that alongside of his work and I look after them, prepare them for the sales and, you know, look after the babies, send the mums off to be fold down and send them off to get bread and that sort of thing. So I love that side of it and that's a pretty cool thing to have alongside of my show jumpers. Oh, that's that's really interesting. So do you have a, a winner for us today at Ashburton? <laughs> I don't think we have anything at Ashburton today, but we did have a win at Otaki last week. And what was that called? Uh, gosh, I could not tell you. Uh Hold the press, I think it was. Hold the press. All right. That's, a, that's one we'll keep an eye on for the future. Hey, look, tell us what's coming up for you in the team competition-wise. Any big events still to come this season? Yes, we head north next Sunday for three weeks to do two Taupo shows, then series final. Oh, so you got plenty, you've still got plenty on. Hey, Mackenzie, thank you very much for joining us this morning on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Um, we really hope you uh, wish, hope and wish you all the best for the, fu- for the future and the rest of the year. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. There you go. There was Mackenzie Causa, brought to you by Fibre Fresh Produce, natural forage feed products that contain all the essential ingredients required for a happy, healthy and top-performing animal. We're going to take off now, and we'll talk to you after the break. Well, welcome back. It's now time to talk to one of our long-time listeners, our good friend of the show, Marky. How you doing, mate? Good, as How's things? Yeah, good, Mark. Hey, appreciate you coming on the show. Look, uh, I just want to play you something and just talk to me about this answer. Who is the driver of New Zealand Sail GP? Scott Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> now, Marky, Marky, we're not all fun and games on this show. It's been a big morning and you've been adamant. What size shoe are you? Yeah, 12, mate. Well, Marky Mark, today is your lucky day, my friend. A pair of brand-new Adidas ZG23 golf shoes are coming your way. There you go, my friend. It's taken a few days, a few weeks, but today is your day. Cheers, boys. And also thanks to Adidas. No one's thanked Adidas. Yeah. There you go. I really appreciate it, boys. Thanks, eh? No, no worries, Marky. We appreciate your messages every single day. You are passionate and and you've been a loyal supporter of the show. So thank you so much. That's the least we can do. Size 12, Adidas ZG23 golf shoes coming your way. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, all right. Cheers, boys. Yeah, good. There he is. Marky, we're going to head to the Hawks Bay and catch up with Ian Smith. Smithy. Morning, lads. Uh, Gee, you're generous, aren't you? How how many pairs have you given away now? Must be at least a dozen, maybe two. (laughs) I think it's about 12. We've, we've given away 12 pairs so far, but uh, I think we're doing 20. About 20, is it? 20 pairs of shoes? Yeah, we'll just round it up to 20. You want, you want a pair, Smithy? No, I, no, honestly, just give them to the listeners. I, I mean, I, it would be wrong if anyone that worked on this station actually ended up with a pair. We'd, we'd just be <laughs> morally wrong if anyone, you know, cashed in on, on things that are provided for our listeners. I mean, how is you your pillows anyway, Smithy? Sorry? How Sorry, are your pillows anyway? <laughs> well, there's a, there's a thing. There's a thing. That was a promotion uh, as opposed to just a giveaway. 
That's good from you, Kempi. Well, you know what, Smithy? No, My feet are so good. comfy when they're walking around Bridge Park. <laughs> Have a good day, Smithy. It's been a weird show, but we love it. <laughs>